G'day Dave here and we're looking at Matthew chapter 4 and I want to read it for you. Verse 1, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After forty days and forty nights he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. These are wonderful words in the beginning of Matthew chapter 4, and I think they resonate with us. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. We know the struggle of temptation, some of the delights that are on offer, if only we will give in. And also something of the tension, the kind of feeling, I should do it, I, I shouldn't do it, I, I want to do it, I, I don't want to do it. We know what that's like. And there's great comfort in the words of Hebrews chapter 4 that remind us that we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but we have one in Jesus who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. And so we can come before God to his throne of grace and find mercy to help us in our time of need. See, there is a great encouragement that comes from Jesus not giving into temptation and giving us the example to follow. If we trust God, if we follow God in his word, if we don't give into temptation, this is what God wants. But friends, I, I think there's something deeper going on here than an example from Jesus. Though it is an example to follow, there is something specific because Jesus comes as the Son of God. He comes as the anointed King. He's the Messiah that they've been looking forward to. And we've seen the voice from heaven back in chapter 3 say, This is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. These words from God, when the heavens are opened, Pick up on Psalm 2, where God's son, the son of David, stands against his enemies and is installed as the king. And also the suffering servant, Isaiah 42, the one in whom God is well pleased, who will give his life as a ransom for those who are enslaved in sin. Now here, the devil is tempting Jesus, and we see the temptation in three ways. The first is what you might call the stomach test, and that is he attacks Jesus at the point of weakness. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, but it's not random. Even the number 40 should remind us that this is not random. As Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years, so Jesus is fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And notice back in verse 1 that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert, out into the wilderness. This is God's plan for him. God wants Jesus there. Not that God is tempting Jesus, notice, for he's led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He's led by the Spirit, but the temptation comes by the devil. 
God is not the tempter here. But the tempter, the devil, Satan, is only able to do what God allows him to do. But the temptation, I take it, is more than natural. It's not simply to give in to the craving uh, for hunger. This is really something spiritual that's taking place. Because the devil is attacking Jesus at the point of his identity. Notice there in verse 3, If you are the Son of God, then do this. See, he's challenging him to put into practice who he says he is. But of course, Jesus has come to be a very different kind of Messiah. Not to give in to the temptations of the devil, not to satisfy his own needs, but to trust God. And so his reply from scripture is that man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, yes, I am the son of God, but I'm going to do it God's way. Second temptation, it's more subtle and more deceptive. Look at verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he says, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Very clever temptation this. Takes him to the holy city, to Jerusalem, places him up on the temple, the holy place, and then quotes him the holy scriptures. Surely, Jesus, you want to take hold of the promises of God. You want to put this into practice. You can grab hold of the promise in Psalm 91, throw yourself down and the angels will lift you up. But Jesus says, no, no, let me tell you, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He quotes back at the devil, Deuteronomy chapter 6. See, Jesus will not allow the devil to twist God's word and to use one part of God's word against another part of God's word, Jesus knows that testing God is very different to trusting God. And he's not going to test God by throwing himself down from the temple. In fact, later, God answers and fulfills the promise in Psalm 91, because as Jesus trusts God and doesn't give in to temptation, so down in verse 11 you read that the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Not only is there a stomach test and a scripture test, but there's what we could call the salvation test. In verse 8, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. See, this is his destiny, isn't it? Jesus has come to be the king of the new kingdom. And the devil takes him to a place where he can take in the kingdom. And he's saying, just take it, have it. Only one proviso. You've got to put me first. And Jesus says, no. Look at verse 10. Away from me, Satan, he says, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus will not be tempted by the tempter but rather he's committed to serving God and serving God alone, for there's only one God who deserves to be worshipped. Friends, these temptations of Jesus, they're more than what we see on the surface. This is a temptation for Jesus to be the son by another means. They're temptations to elevate himself, to grab the glory himself, to be in charge, to be powerful, to do what he can as the king, to rule in his own right. But we know that Jesus has come not to be served, not to grab hold of power, but he's come to serve others and humbly give his life for them.
this temptation will come again. You'll see Peter in the middle of the gospel uh, recognizing Jesus to be the Son of God and then immediately opposing that Jesus should suffer and die. And then again in the Garden of Gethsemane, there is what you could call the final temptation when there is that agony of knowing what he's about to go through in facing his own death, a sin-bearing death for you and for me. And yet he doesn't give in. Now he is the king who has come to give his life. Worship God and only God by trusting in his word. That's what Jesus does and he does it for us. So if there is a lesson for you and for me, it's to remember that Jesus does fulfill the promises of God. And he calls us to trust in God's word also. Will we do that?